all of us, uh, especially in the past year during the COVID crisis, has really focused on the investment side of what we want to spend our hard-earned dollar on. And uh, I've seen actually a trend toward more surgical therapies, um, rhinoplasty, facelift, fat grafting, eyelid surgeries over just doing fillers. Uh, as a surgeon, I love doing surgeries. Uh, it's just something really fun for me to, to, to make a larger impact. For example, if you've got a really sagging neck, uh, fillers are just not going to fix it, even though some people talk about, you know, you can do like a liquid facelift where you're going to inject something and somehow some other area is going to magically lift upwards. I totally disagree with this. I do not believe that actually can occur. I don't believe that actually works. So there's this question then of, you know, are Botox and fillers or these quote unquote temporary therapies even worthwhile? Uh, I've talked a little bit out about in previous podcasts why I really disagree with this and that, that these products really are quite durable. Um, at the same time, I don't believe that uh, these therapies uh, can be very effective um, if done just one or two times. However, repeatedly after a few rounds, you get ongoing improvement uh, that really gets very durable, where that you could maybe go even years without therapy and you could look better than you did to, at the beginning. So um, I talk about this, you know, Botox, for example. I have this photograph I used uh, as an, a point of illustration. I saw this woman uh, in the New York Times about maybe two, three years ago, and it just blew my mind because when I looked at her, her forehead and her upper face looked about 30 years old, and the rest of her face looked about 60 years old, and there's just that pattern just doesn't exist. Um, and that uh, I encourage you to listen to my podcast about, uh, about balance or my virtual consultation on balance. But the the concept here is that how did this forehead, you know, which should be the worst, if you think about where the wrinkles are typically the worst, it's in the forehead around the crow's feet area, even though you do in advanced cases get wrinkles going down the face when you smile, which I call grade three wrinkles, meaning very significant severe wrinkles, that's usually an end stage of that wrinkle uh, formation. But the very early stages are the crow's feet, the frown lines, those areas. And so when that area has no wrinkles whatsoever, and the lower face has tons of wrinkles. First, that pattern doesn't exist in nature. But second of all, what's happened with just repeated Botox is that the area that should be the absolute worst is the best. And I've noticed that doing this now close to 20 years is my patients that you know, go for about a year uh, without Botox or two years without, without Botox, sometimes three to four years without Botox, I see them back and they actually still have fewer wrinkles than the day they started. Uh, maybe it, they could have done it for five years, three years, two years, uh, and skipped after a few years. Now, that doesn't always occur. If some people have a really bad habit of overlifting or frowning, that can overcome some of that anti-aging effect of Botox. But there's this deep collagen therapy that is improved with Botox that's incredible, that can have incredibly durable impact. Same with fillers. I've seen that fillers that if you Google, say, 6 to 12 months, they'll be gone. That's absolutely false. After a few rounds of d doing this every few months to, uh, you know, every four, six or eight months, I've just noticed that patients that don't come back for three to five years, all of a sudden they still have an amazing hold. Now they've aged over a few years that so you can't stop the aging process, but oftentimes those fillers have still way overcome what that aging would have occurred over those three to five years. And so fillers really I've seen last as long as 20 years to give you some uh, understandings of how long those, those fillers can last. 
uh, I had a lady that had a lump in her lip and she said, um, Dr. Lamb, what do you think this is? And I said, have you ever had fillers? She goes, ah, not really. I said, not really? Have you not ever, never had fillers? She goes, oh, I had one you know, syringe of Restylane back about seven years ago. And I said, that is a filler. So I did a dental block so you didn't feel any pain. I put a little drop, drop of dissolve. She called my office three hours later, said the, the lump was gone. Uh, that won't happen with natural lip. It's, it, it's actually just filler. I had a lady that I, you know, I, I was, I do a lot of uh, lip surgeries on and I, I had a lady that I was doing a, a, sorry, I do a lot of lip surgeries and I had a lady that I was doing a lip surgery on and wrestling came out of the lip and I asked her during the middle of the surgery, I said, Hey, you know, this is a filler that, did you just put it in? Because I don't want this to be fading out while I'm trying to, you know, do a permanent lip surgery on you. I stopped the surgery and she said, Dr. Lamb, I've never had a lip filler. I said, here's the thing. I've had people tell me that they never had fat grafting. I look in the lip, I can see fat. Uh, they tell me they never had this or that. I, I know what it is. I said, look, I know this is wrestling. It, it is absolutely wrestling or some Juvederm or some kind of hyaluronic acid product. It's squirted out of the lip. This is not silicone. This is not bioalchemid or whatever it may be, bioplastic. She said, uh, actually, it could have been bioalchemid, uh, but that's one of the rare exceptions. Bioplastic couldn't be any of those other things. And she said, oh, yeah, in, in 1998... I had one syringe of wrestling in Europe before his FDA approved the United States. Um, and she still had probably about a third of that syringe left in her lip 20 years later. This is not uncommon. Uh, I've seen people that look overdone 15, I mean, I'm sorry, 10 years out and they still have what they did, you know, 10 years before with maybe three syringes. So what my point of this is I didn't even talk about the title of this whole present, this whole th- uh, section, which is investment. The investment side of these therapies uh, really are what I want to focus on. People think, yeah, these are just temporary. You know, I, I love doing fillers. I love doing surgeries. And I believe that there are two sides of the same coin. Oftentimes, fillers just won't cut it. If you've got really large eye bags, you really need an, uh, a blepharoplasty to remove it. Um, if you have, you know, really saggy eyelids, you need that. If you've got a saggy neck, you need that tr- uh, managed. You've got a huge hump and a wide no- nasal tip. Fillers are not going to work. But, you know, for you got a little bit of hollowness here or there, you know, to touch. And let's say you did a facelift, you did a fat graft, and then a year or two later, you have a slight degree of aging. Are you going to go through another surgery again? No, then fillers are great. What if those wrinkles that weren't quite managed? Well, then Botox really is a, is a good adjunct. But the thing that I really want to drive home to you is that this really is an investment. I'd like to, you to, to retain that word in your mind because this is not just an oversell to you. It's something that I'm very passionate about because people don't think about that. But these products really, really do last and they really, really do hold up well over time. Now, of course, you lose a little bit here and it takes a while to build up that durability. But if you can focus on the side that this is an investment, not just surgery being an investment, I think it can give you a better perspective on how I see fillers and Botox.